Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hey everyone, welcome to Red Men Weekly. Steve Hall here bringing you the best clips from our Red Men Plus podcast each and every week yeah just to let you know if you want any of these shows that you're about to listen to in complete form then yeah check out redmenplus.com you get them as videos or podcasts each and every week speaking of one of our shows then the transfer show it was dan club it was sam walker and it was ian young talking about liverpool's midfield fabinho and amrabat in particular so yeah let's check out what the guys had to say so i'm gonna ask you what type of midfielder we think we should get and i think the Fabinho point, personally, is the biggest yeah, one here. Th- Whoever we sign has to be able to do that role. I've seen him play uh, DM because he needs a bit of competition. He needs, mm. he needs rotating a bit because I think he's played too much as well. When he's needed to come out, we've not been able to take him out. He needs help. Mm. He, he doesn't... Fabinho doesn't become a bad player overnight. He was, a, he was the best DM in the world 18 months ago. Mm. That just doesn't stop. That just... Unless there's something wrong, he could be playing carrying an injury. We don't we don't know the ins and outs of things, do we? Don't we know the specifics of what's going on? But he definitely needs help, and I think the guy from Morocco, which I'm sure you're going to speak about, well, will be good help. Just just to add to that, time, though, I think uh, he has. I think that's I think that's thrown out there. I think last year he played a lot of football, but this year he has been pulled out the side a lot. Henderson mm. played; he didn't start against Man United. There's been a couple of other games where yeah. he hasn't started. Yeah. He has been pulled out. He's just not in good form. No. But the DM thing for me is interesting because I don't think a like for like DM would would help. We need some. We've lost. We lost Van Alden, and we, we lost. We've lost Cater this year. Who's quite, both of those two are quite combative. Mm-hmm. They, they they tackle a lot. They intercept a lot. They wear. They keep the ball well. They stick the bottoms out and do well with the ball at their feet. We haven't got anyone like that. Mm. Harvey Elliott's not combative. He's yep. a very talented young player. Thiago's obviously missed a lot of football. You, we need someone who, yeah, possibly could play in the six, but you've got Henderson and Fabinho for that. Yeah. We need a combative player who can battle and get up and down on the right or left-hand side, my, my personal opinion. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. I've not heard many people say that, to be honest with you. Most people I speak to are more of these and my own personal opinion is that we do need someone who can give Fabinho that rest you obviously clearly think that's Henderson the issue we've had I suppose in all of this is when there has been opportunities to maybe give Fabinho a rest for Henderson Henderson's needed elsewhere because there's injuries in different places so I get your point entirely whereas if we had the extra body in there maybe it'd be a signing or Cato or Mello being fit or Curtis Jones being fit for that matter would be a start yeah but yeah maybe that would give Fabinho the rest he needs it's definitely an option and it'd be interesting to see how Liverpool approach it actually um because I personally would be a DM in January and then and then that man Jude in the summer. But the last one we're going to talk about is a move that we spoke about last week on the show, actually. And it's kind of ramped up ever since. I think we kind of, not dismissed it, but weren't sure. But the noise is getting louder. And it's Sofian Amrabat um, having an absolutely outstanding World Cup. I mean, as are Morocco, but he's really at the heart of it as well, Ian. Um, I'm just going to get your opinion. So 
Basically, they're now Klopp is apparently urging Liverpool board to go and buy um, Amrabat this summer. He's out of contract in 2024 as well. I think the Turkins are like 30, 40 million pounds to get the deal done. Um, is this one, Ian, that you think is a goer? I, I, I'd be happy with him in January. I don't. I, he's not. He's not that. He's not that big, massive signing that we'd all like to see. But he'll come in and he'll do a job and. Like I say, he'll give Fabinho a rest. I think one of our biggest issues, I think, in midfield, I don't know if you think the same, Sam, is one of our priorities when we used to be signing players was how robust they were and how, how the injury record was closely looked at. Mm-hmm. Our injuries this last two years, two and a half years, has been horrendous. And I don't know whether that's down to the players we're signing or what's going on in training, but something has changed from when Klopp first arrived yeah. because when we first got players in, they didn't get injured. It, this was this wasn't something that happened, so maybe we need to look at them stats a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to find somebody who's a bit more robust rather than mm-hmm. just what they can do on the pitch. Well, I think that's the point with Wijnaldum, wasn't it? His main asset—he was a very good footballer. We shouldn't forget that as well, because a lot of people just said, "Oh, he plays all the time. He's boss," but he yeah. was a lot more than that. But there's no his durability was absolutely yeah. key to what we did so well. Um, and Amrabat, just on that, his injury record isn't too bad. Actually, he's missed one game this season with yeah. back trouble. Um, sounds a lot like myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, aside from that, he's missed little one-game spells here and there. It seems never anything. He had a bad ankle injury in 18-19 that meant he missed 16. But aside from that, it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, I'd like it to be absolutely clear, to be honest with you, Sam, because that's what I want to see. But, yeah, so Amrabat then, one to consider. I think... Before this World Cup, if I'd had this conversation, most people would have gone, oh, come on, mate, what are you talking about? <laughs> what about now? Yeah, I, I, this is the thing with the World Cup, isn't it? Is that also playing for your country, if you're from somewhere like Morocco, who are very proud and very passionate and they've mm-hmm. invested a lot of money into the football excellence centre there now, there's an opportunity for them to do something. I think when you play for other countries, like, I don't know, like Spain or England, there's always next time. Whereas I think when you play for a country that isn't as a, an elite team, and you know the opportunity of playing, you know, in, in a in a climate that you know a lot of the players who, who will have played in Morocco in other games and at home international games will have been a bit used to because it's quite hot, humid. It's an opportunity for them, so they're giving it everything. And and we've we've been stung before with our lads Juve and, and not necessarily as much Diaw because I think he was a good servant for the club, but we've been stung before. Other clubs have been stung before uh, with, with with good international tournaments. Yeah. Got to be careful. I don't know enough about him as a profiled player mm-hmm. to know whether he, he's got all the bits and pieces that we need to come yeah. in and just slot in. Because, yeah, if he's a DM, fantastic, but all it takes for Bino to come back, have a great game, first game back, and then pick his form up, what happens then? Does he even get a kick? You know, we've only got two games over Christmas, mm-hmm. or we might play in the FA Cup then. You know, it... it I just don't know enough about him to be honest. If we sign him, fantastic! Another member of the squad who's played at high level, but I'm just not a hundred percent sure he's what we're looking for. Interesting sort of caveat to that is that usually by now someone's come out and said Dampened it. that's not happening. Yeah. Liverpool are no longer James Pierce, Paul Joyce, whereas actually nothing's being said I mean the silence with Liverpool is usually something to it yeah absolutely yeah, but like I say the noise seems to be getting loud if anything which surprised me because much like yourself I was really unsure on the on the potential deal I mean his previous could be at Fiorentina now um, he's 26 years old he's played for Utrecht Hellas Verona as well and Feyenoord and his career has never really kicked into gear yeah. up until this World Cup essentially and there was obviously interest in Liverpool prior to the tournament and this tournament has clearly kick-started yeah. that again and he's having a really good time 
time and he does fit the DM mould but like you say Simon it's, it's an interesting point Ian if, if Fabinho comes back and suddenly kicks into gear again likelihood is because Fabinho's a better DM than Amrabat I'm, 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 I'm happy to sit here and say it like he is top form Fabinho's a better footballer so there's a chance we sign him maybe 30 maybe 40 million and he just doesn't play that much if Fabinho starts again isn't there? There is but isn't that, isn't that one of the caveats of being one of the best teams in the world that you have good players you don't get to kick her up but, but is that what we need now don't we do we need players who are going to come and play not uh, not like yeah. Yeah, oh well if he gets it we need there's guys who are injured now we need replacing which is why I said about that that yeah. number 8 who can yeah, get up yeah. and down yeah. and you're right but just the problem is with that is that this guy isn't 21 yeah, 22 he's, he's 26 yeah. he's not waiting you know what I mean? yeah. he's, in his, he's in his peak essentially now he's in his prime he should be he should be playing all the time to Sam's point and if Fabinho comes back in his prime and his and he gets going again yeah. and he's flying then we've signed the player who should be at the prime of their career who's just sat on the bench if he's 21-22 so, watching Fabinho yeah. learning and filling in like Bajetic but he's obviously even younger again that's fine but I don't know to me and it just feels like this 30-40 million could be spent wiser for sure well, yeah. yeah and, and like I said you want Fabinho to come back, don't you? Want that Fabinho back? So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. So now change your mind. The thing is with the profile of it, though, he might be able to play as a number eight, or if Klopp's really interested in developing a slightly different system, mm-hmm. he Just might be able pivot. to play as a as two, or yeah, yeah or or one eight who's a bit more advanced than one eight who's not as much. And the the other thing with this is as well is like. You know, uh, there's lots of people saying. I know he's not on this show as a as a person, but that would interest in Declan Rice. Like, mm. and it's also a situation is if Liverpool can afford and can get Rice and Bellingham in the summer, those two players would completely revolutionise our yeah. team. Yeah. Um, and and I think, do you then go? Well, actually, I'm willing to to sort of hold tight or go and get a, a loan, another loan <laughs> in January or hold out or whatever yeah, the plan yeah. is. But you know you're getting them to in the summer regardless to where we finish. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, UEFA coefficient coming in and all that. Yeah, yeah. No one Next year. So, so like, it might be a case of, the you know we don't know what's in the pipeline. This fella might have a bio clause. Enzo mm. Fernandez, those listening, might have a, band, a bio clause. That means you can get him for 45 million in the summer. Yeah. So they might wait. You know, you just don't know what's going on there. So, mm. It's going to be interesting to see. Players in foreign leagues, and in particular Portugal, actually often do have buyout clauses. Yeah. So that is yeah. something to consider. I mentioned the contract until 27 early, but that, that becomes irrelevant all of yeah. a sudden if a buyout clause does come out of the ether. So perhaps, um, but I think you're right, if, if Rice and Bellingham are a possibility in the summer, what we did in January would be massively affected. Like we won't be going anywhere. That Sander Berger deal for 16 million suddenly becomes yeah. more relevant. <laughs> no, it does, it? You know what I mean? Of course it does, because it gives you the option now, which I think we all need. A loan move is also a possibility. Um, Arthur Mello 2.0, here we come <laughs> again. Um, yeah, we'll leave with midfielders there. We'll talk about midfielders who are blue in the face between now and the end of January. I'm almost certain of it. Nice one to Dan, Sam and Ian there. Right, they're moving on to another midfielder, Enzo Fernandez, link with Liverpool area this week. As soon as he did, I got on the phone to my good mate Aaron Barton from Proxima Janada. If there's a player in Portugal, Aaron knows about him. Trust me, his knowledge of that league is second to none. So yeah, check out what me and Aaron had to say about that little Argentine. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And his whole thing has been about he wants them to get back to being a winning club and, and he wants to build a winning project. He doesn't want Benfica to just compete. He wants to be in like the semi-finals of the Champions League and competing with sort of Europe's elite. He's going about it the right way because he's he's built to get he's built a you know a good team. The manager there that they brought in, that's a big, you know, signal of intent. Roger Smith, who was at PSV, really top manager who'll want to keep hold of his best players, at least until the summer. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think on this occasion, it's 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 a case of the sporting project probably becomes fierce because the interest in the likes of Enzo Fernandez, Gonzalo Ramos, that Antonio Silva, even the young centre half, they're all still going to be there in the summer. They, you know, if clubs want to come in with the release clause, that's a way of them saying, well, look, there was nothing we could do about it. But at the same time, they pocketed, you know, triple figures. But um. But but yeah, I, I do I do think there's some integrity in what he's saying. I mean, this is where we put this out and and he ends up uh, selling them for sixty five million. No, well, like you say, not... mate, it would be it would, it would be all right if you if you you know if you've run for a presidency on a promise that and then you come out in an interview and say we're not selling them. If you then sell them, already the fans can't believe a word you've said and you fit one of your yeah. first interviews. So yeah, I do understand where you're coming from there. Let's move on to the player himself then, because you said he's worth the hype. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, the floor is yours, Aaron, because I know we, we spoke <laughs> on players in the past, and you, you know, we, I remember the Luis Diaz conversation we had when he was at Porto, and we, I was just saying like who the Liverpool needs to look out for, and you were like this lad here, and obviously he turned out to be pretty good. Um, <laughs> where, where are we up to? Just talk to us about Enzo Fernandez. Why is he so good? What's he good at? What does he do? He's 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 so highly rated because he's so versatile. He's so good at, at everything that he that he tries his hand in. I I think. When you watch Benfica in the Champions League and you watch them in the Premier League, it's like you're watching two different players. And it, 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 you're looking at one player and you're thinking you could fit into a team, into a system playing in this. Say when he's in the Champions League um, and he's putting in, I think he's averaging like four tackles a game, which for, for like a centre mid, I mean, if you look at like the numbers, that's he's up there in like the yeah. top percentile. And then when he's playing sort of in the Premier League and he's playing more of, a bit further forward maybe 
uh, and he's got more license to go when he's got sort of Florentino Luis alongside him. The sort of like two number sixes, one will go, one will stay. He, he's not putting in as many sort of interceptions or tackles, but then he's getting forward more and he's playing like so many like sort of key passes. He can play like you know thread the the eye of the needle passes those type of sort of killer balls. But then at the same time, like his short passing is amazing as well. He very rarely gives the ball away, uh, and I think something that's it's it's become sort of underrated because like fancy long passes and stuff, everyone's like blown away by them. But just his ability to always pick the right pass. And you look at some players like this sometimes and you see they've got really high passing accuracy and you think, oh, it must all be side to side and 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 um you know playing back to the centre halves and stuff. He he plays forward but just doesn't give the ball away because he always picks the right moment, always picks the right opportunity. He had a game recently and it, it I think we put a tweet out on Proximate after that of just like his numbers and it was against Rio Ave and you can say, oh, it was the opposite, you know, the opposition or whatever, but you're playing against a team like that who've got 11 men behind the ball basically against Benfica as as those type of teams usually do. And he had a, he finished the game with 100% pass accuracy. He didn't give away uh, it, the ball once. He played seven long passes like, and I'm talking like he was spraying it like 30, 35, 40 yards and I think he played was it? I think he four, four. He got an assist with one of the passes, and he created three or four big chances that like he could have ended the game with a hat trick of assists, and didn't give the ball away once for ninety minutes. And you're just watching him, and you think, how can how can a player like that give the ball away when they never seem to take the wrong option? And as I say, when he's operating in that sort of double six, this like midfield pivot, and he's got attacking players in front of him. He's got sort of a three and then like the striker, so Gonzalo Ramos, but he's got the likes of Rafa Silva, David Neres ahead of him. He can pop it off to those players who, who will want to beat a man and, and and his position, it means that when he gives it, say, to a winger or a fullback, he'll find himself these little spaces on the edge of the box and then that's where his, his sort of attacking instinct will come in as well. He scored, he scored two volleys for Benfica, two of them where he's just hit it on, on the volley from like quite far out, his ball striking is like amazing. I think it was the second game for Argentina when he came on. I can't remember who it was against, but he scored in this World Cup, scored an absolute belter for Argentina. And it that's he's just got such a like a his all round game is just fun to watch. He's just really good to watch. And as I say, when he started the World Cup and he went in the, the starting eleven, I remember I said to like a couple of my mates, if he gets in, if he gets in the team, he'll stay in the team because he's got something that none of those other midfielders have got. And that's that's the all-round game. They might excel in certain areas, but someone like him, you can say, right, look, you're going to be playing as the number six today or as Benfica have done. You can put him further forward and say, you know, you play as an eight or you can play even like as a number 10 with you know with with the with a wing winger either side here and a striker in front of you in sort of a four two three one and he he'll just do a job. He he's got as I say he's got great close control. His passing's really good. He's versatile. He and he, you know he creates chances as well. He does he I thought he averages like two or three big chances a game created and I say it always comes back to you know oh the league that he's playing in, but you look at his numbers in the Champions League when he's asked to do a more defensive role and he's sensational at doing that as well. So I, I genuinely, I've been waxing about him for months more, since I first sort of watched him. And um, yeah, I was put onto him by 
he'll kill me if I don't shout him out. Santi Bowser, his name is an Argentinian football journalist. I spoke to him before he came, and he was like, Aaron, this 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 kid's the business, like he's the real deal. And I remember I said, like, what's his best position? I wanted to get a gauge on like what he was like. I hadn't watched much of like the the Argentinian sort of league. Uh, and he was like, I can't even tell you what his best position is. He was like, because he can play as a six or an eighth or a ten, and he does it all. Like he literally can do it all. So I was like, okay, this this kid's gonna be decent, and he surpassed my expectations definitely. That'll do for us. That'll do for us. If people can get him over, <laughs> yeah, it was Mexico. He scored this, by the way. It was, it was. I think he scored an own goal, didn't he as well against Argentina? But we, and he's missed a pen. But we'll gloss over that. He's only. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah, won't yeah. On, they, they won't be on the YouTube highlights when the Reds. No, no, no. From a Liverpool point of view, and I know it's not really your area of expertise, obviously you focus more on the Portuguese football, um, but Liverpool are linked with Jude Bellingham as well, um, and they are, these are two lads who are going to be very, very expensive. There are some people out there thinking maybe Liverpool are going to finally change and just buy two of them, because they do need midfielders. You know, Milner's might leave, Oxley chamberlains going, Keita's going, there's, there's injury issues around Kits Jones, Jordan Henderson, etc., etc. to get older. So Liverpool might book the trend and go for two of them. But there's a lot of people who will be watching listening to Scott. There's no way. Just history tells us this won't happen. It's gonna be one or it's gonna be one or the other, essentially. Yeah. That's been like I've been in a few group chats there, and I was like, from my point of view, they're very different players. They're not they it's like, you know, yet they're both midfielders and yet they're both young and yet they're both really expensive. But yeah. I, my thinking, I mean, I might be completely wrong here, but I'm thinking what like they're not really similar, so why would it? Why would it? It's not going to be like, oh, we can't get Bellingham, so we go and get Enzo Fernandez. Who's just they are completely different, aren't they? Tell me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going mental by when I say that. No, they, 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 they can play like obviously, as you say, they're both, they're both centre mids, and depending on what you're asking of them, because Bellingham's got things in his sort of arsenal that Enzo, like, I think was it who England were playing the, the, the other day, and he created, he created one of the goals, he like got his head onto it, sprinted through midfield, like. Just went through the gears, and you Senegal, think Enzo, yeah, I think it was, yeah, and then he's, you think he played the pass into, into, into Foden, maybe yeah. was it, and yeah. something like that. That's Enzo Fernandez is good at driving through midfield, but not in, not in that way. Yeah. Like that was just like sheer, like the athleticism of him just to, to move through the gears. Whereas Enzo is a little bit more cute as a player. I think it's a lot more sort of close control, that sort of side of it. But no, yeah, I don't, I don't think that they're not, they're not. They're not they're not carbon copies of each other, but they're not worlds apart either. I can see it being a case of of one or the other, just simply because of the versatility of Enzo, and just be like, okay, this is where we want you to play. Okay, yeah, you know, he can do a job there. No, we need you to play further forward. Yeah, he can do a job there. And to be fair, Bellingham, from from what I've seen him, again, I haven't seen that much of him, only when he's been playing for England, and I haven't watched a lot of England. And... Um, Sort of a couple of games for for Dortmund, but he seems like another player who's just got it all. So I think you know if you if 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 Liverpool are going to go for one of them, and you're sort of um and ah over which one, I think whoever you're going to end up with, you're going to end up with a player that's potentially going to be world class, or you know maybe in Bellingham's case already is world class, whatever your your views on that are. But um. Yeah, I think if if Liverpool got both, like it'd be, be curtains for everyone else. Like, but but then I think it'd also be curtains for the bank balance. You'd probably spend nearly nearly two hundred and fifty mil on two players. 
Thanks very much to, uh, well, well, to me, really, I suppose. We're having a fire interview with Aaron, yeah. Let's go along with that one. Speaking of me, I'm on the next clip as well. Feels like this might be a little bit of a vanity project on my behalf. Or maybe it just turns out that I'm the one who does all the work around here. Who knows? You can guys can make your own decisions for yourselves. But yeah, this week, Jano Insight again. Me and Gold.com's Neil Jones talking about a wide range of topics. Unfortunately, one of those topics happened to be the injury to Luis Diaz, Diogo Jota's situation as well. How will it we're going to cover so we touch on Kate Jones we touch on Fabio Carvalho a little bit of Arthur Mello even he even gets a mention yet so yeah check out this clip from the Jano Insight Show roll your eyes are you starting on a negative no but we're going to have to I think Neil it's the Luis Diaz stuff so yeah um, obviously it it happened a few days ago we haven't spoke since he flew home from the camp there were suggestions that he might need surgery straight away from Columbia and stuff like that. Um, turns out that was accurate. I think his missus confirmed by putting a, an Instagram post out <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. If you ever need any, if you ever need any proof, there's Lewis Diaz in hospital beds. It turns out it's a different injury as well, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because it's the other side of the knee. I, I always think if it's, the, if it's the same one again and again, that might be a big issue. But now it's the other side of the knee, and it was either way whatever it is he's out till March at the earliest now and it, it's a that's a massive blow it's a huge it's a huge blow and it's something that obviously because of the World Cup being on at the same time I think it just gets lost a little bit but I read Paul Gorse interview with Andy Robertson from, from Dubai and he said you know the, the, the lads are devastated for, for Luis and you know we'll all be there for him and you can have a temptation sometimes to think a little bit like Come on, it's, th- it's only three months, you know. But when you think about it, it's October. You got injured, so yeah, it's, it's five months. Yeah. yeah, but also you think about it. And you're right. Starting on a negative note, and I'm going to. I'm sorry, but that could be Liverpool season done and dusted by the time he gets back. You know, he could be coming back to out the Champions League, out the FA Cup, out the League Cup, and, and facing you know a real battle to get in the top four. So he he's missing the sort of the key chunk of the campaign really you know those those Real Madrid games you know the chance to, to try and build some ground after the the, re, the resumption of the Premier League season so it is a huge blow for him especially as he was someone who what he'd done was he'd brought a sort of a freshness and a, and a, and a, a bit of a change in mood to, to the to the team you know with his I think I think Jurgen Klopp or, or Pep Linders maybe both said he was he was pure joy with the football he's, all, he's about pure joy and to lose that from the squad, never mind how good a player he is, to lose that maybe that sort of sort of personality from the team, I think is a, a huge blow for Liverpool, but also for him. I mean, he's already, you know, he would have probably looked at that injury in, in October and thought, well, do you know what? At least we didn't qualify for the World Cup. I'll have a month, sort of six weeks, to get myself back. He probably would have had everything circled on that Boxing Day or the, the Manchester City game to then get it. The setback, I think, is a yeah. Just it's sad for him, and you know you've just got to hope a little bit that Liverpool keep the flame burning while he's while he's injured, you know, and and that he's got something to sort of come back with it with an incentive in, you know. That would be the up the flip side to what I've just said there with the negativity would be imagine everything was still up in up in the air and everything was still on the table and you had Luis Diaz coming back in fresh and you know bright for the last sort of six seven weeks of the campaign. I've just looked at Liverpool because we say. The first game in March before then, Liverpool played 12 games. So from the City game on the 22nd right up until they played the 25th of February against Palace. Then yeah. the first game in March, and there might be more, by the way, because if they put, if they uh, progress yeah, in the Cups City, and, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And, and could the League could be a League Cup final, I think. Could be know, league, potentially yeah. in there, yeah. So. Could be League Cup game. Well, the, the could be League Cup games, definitely. There will be uh, an FA Cup game to beat Wolves. So it's at least 12. And then the first game in March is the fourth. If he's not back, that's unlikely. So it's at least... 
you're looking at least yeah. 12, maybe more. That's a huge, that you mentioned before, like you think, oh, two months isn't that bad, but because it is so condensed and also the fact that, and it compounds, there's obviously no jotted as well. Um, yeah. I saw James Pierce write, write on his piece the other day when he, obviously, when he done a bit of analysis, he said like, Liverpool, you know, they've gone from having six last year to, or even more because yeah. Count Origi and Count Minamino, now really, there's three what you'd call first team forwards and then you're asking Fabio Carvalho Fabio. to be the first back up. Oxley Chamberlain, Curtis Jones, what Harvey. like what Harvey Elliott moving guys again, like Liverpool have had to do so often. It does feel like, yeah, we're down to we're down to the main guys really. And the the, the main worry for me, and again I hate to skew negative, I hate doing that, but like that's twelve they can't play all them games. Yeah. Someone's gonna get injured. So I, I, there's gonna have to be points where we're gonna have to just accept that Ox is in for the game or Carvalho is playing left wing yeah. or Harvey's doing a job or Curtis is doing a job I, if he gets back. I fit. think Fabio Carvalho's a <sighs> You know, put, it's time for don't, don't, I don't really want to put it on him, but I think I think he is someone who we're going to see a little bit about Fabio Carvalho in the next Here's couple of months. Kind of because thing. I mean, let's not forget. Let's 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 be positive about Fabio Carvalho. Liverpool beat a lot of good clubs to him. He was young player of the year in the Championship last season. Really, you know, big part of Fulham's promotion. So he he is a player of pedigree. You would say that he's had a an okay start to his Liverpool career. You know, he scored obviously that big <coughs> big goal against Newcastle. Um, Play the part in some of the Champions League wins, Rangers away in particular. Um, he started the Merseyside derby, so he's had some moments in, in a Liverpool shirt. Now I think we need to see <coughs> Liverpool are going to have to give him some chances. They're, they're going to have to, you know. He's going to, like you say, the fact as well he can play a couple of different positions. He can play off the left. He can play as a, as a nine. I would imagine he could he could sort of step into that Firmino type role. He could probably play if they change the system in a, as a ten or a midfielder. So, I think we're going to see a little bit more of him. And you know, listen, I'm not saying he's going to he's going to be the man who steps up and sort of says Lewis who, but that's the sort of the challenge for him. Really, you know, can can you can you get Liverpool through this period? And if you look last last year, you know, when Salah and Mane went off to the the African nations, and it was a few you know, Oxley Chamberlain sort of stepped up a bit. Obviously, Diaz came in. Liverpool got through that period, so. It's not a case of oh this this sort of puts the kibosh on everything that Liverpool are doing, but it needs a few of these players. Curtis Jones being another one. Unfortunately, we haven't seen him. Well, you know, I was about to say he's, he's another one. Who, he hasn't trained. He, he hasn't, hasn't trained. trained. You know, I don't. I don't think I've seen him in in one proper session yet on on the the the, the camp. I was told by someone that he's just managing his load after you know such a a complicated injury, but suggests he's not ready at the moment to play to play games. You've got Naby Keita, you know, sort of everything crossed that he can just sort of at least play sort of five or six games in the next month. Oxley Chamberlain the same. There's a few Hail Marys in there, but at the same time, you know, if the coin falls on the, on the right side, you might just get away with, you know, where we're looking and say, well, actually, do you know what? Darwin's played this many games, Firmino's played this many games, Carvalho stepped in here, Oxley Chamberlain's done there, but. Like you say, really, you're looking at Salah, you're looking at Nunes, you're looking at Firmino, and saying those three cannot, they, those three cannot go down at any point in the next sort of what six to eight weeks. Yeah, you're in trouble, aren't you? Let's let's go a little bit more positive. Then it was nice to see Kay Gordon back. He's had a horrendous year, ten months out, hasn't played. He's been not fully trained, but he's back outdoors running for a start. The guys at Disneyland Field uh, done a little report on it. Again, cast your mind back to this time almost a year ago when he was about to play a League Cup semi final. Like they, yeah. they clearly think highly of him. It's it's going to it's going to ask a lot for him because it, ideally he would be fit and then maybe he would be one of those options as, as well. But after ten months out, it, it might be a difficult one to say to Kay Gordon, right? You 
straight back into. He's going to need months of under twenty ones, under twenty three yeah. players to get it back in, into fitness. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just just for game rhythm, really. You know, you're just going to need to to give him that chance. I mean, you look at someone like Calvin Ramsey needed a few games, and he he was sort of fit, but. It, it took Liverpool sort of another month maybe before they were willing to put him in the in the first team picture. Uh, Cade, you're right. Like I mean, it's easy to forget, isn't it? Just how exciting a player he is. It, it's almost like Ben Doe comes and everyone says, "Oh, he's the one, isn't he?" And then it's actually with Kate Gordon was was in that position, like you say, 12, 18 months ago. So he is a player that's that's got a lot of potential. You just have to see what it's taking out of him and how long it takes him to get back. Injury wasn't pelvic, like pelvic, yeah. So. I think that's quite a common one with, with, with young players, sort of lower back, you know, around around that area. I think I don't know if it's a growth thing or just a, a common sort of as your body as your body changes and the the amount of football you play or, or the, the amount of training you do. So you've got to see how long that takes. I don't think you can put too much on him necessarily. I don't think you can put too much on Ben Doke as a as a sort of just turned seventeen, albeit a, a player of, of, of immense promise. Uh, you know, Leighton Stewart. You've got him over there at the moment, haven't you? You know, you've got Oakley Cannonier back, back here, and still recovering from his own injury. So there are a lot of sort of young players that you might imagine filling in in the, the Wolves game, for example, or you know, maybe if you if, if you were to get through that and get a, a lower league side in the in the cup. When we saw last year, didn't we? I think well, Cade, Cade played and then scored in the in, in the, the cup. Um, I think we saw Max Waltman and Frauendorf and a few others. So there are. Bobby Clark's another one. Sorry, I forgot him. Um, there are those young players, but like you say, I mean, you're talking about the amount of fixtures Liverpool have got. It's not just the amount of fixtures; it's the importance of those fixtures as well. It's but he talks himself into a hole. Yeah, you know, I mean, the first game back, you'd say, "Oh, League Cup sort of fourth round." Yeah, okay, that's fine. It's Manchester City away, just before Christmas. The first league game back. It's not even a sort of. It's not even Norwich at home, you know, like from from maybe something like last season. He said, "You know what? You can make a couple of changes." It's Aston Villa away with a new manager and then one that you really can't afford to lose any ground it's sort of there isn't really much respite where you can say oh let's just give Salah that night off or Van Dijk or whoever it has to be Liverpool really really putting a team out that's going to get the job done and that you know that is the challenge for the manager I'm not I'm not saying that they can't do it and I'm not saying the manager wouldn't sort of relish that challenge but from my perspective and our, our perspective I think we look at that fixture list and think God January could be a tough, tough yeah, month, and, and February as well. I, I suppose we, we might again we touched on Chamberlain before. It might be that he becomes a four player because ironically, all our midfielders pretty much bad. They're, not, they're nearly there now. The, the latest ones are. It was it was actually your goal colleague, is yeah. it Romeo, Romeo Agresti, yeah, who yeah. said like you know good news on the front for Arthur. The return to Brazilians clo- seemed closer than initially assumed. Uh, the Liverpool could already have him available by the end of the month because his last checks were positive. And we've seen him in the. He's been away and saying he's been wearing yeah. some. Uh, he with some baby shorts on the beach. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know if that's Romeo. Uh, just just uh, something I lost in it. I think it's. I think it's the end of January. Yeah. I think it's the end. I don't think it's the end of December. So well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of. But the it's month. Early, that's it. That was that would still be earlier than than expected. Yeah. But I mean, he, he is. Arthur's one is neither just sort of we've I've been guilty of it on this show. You sort of go, oh yeah, and Arthur as well. You know, you sort of roll your eyes, but look, he'd be useful now if he was available. You'd be looking at him. I mean, you'd have him in the probably have him in the side for the, the City game. You know, just just to give him a. If you start game. Wolves, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, and you'd be looking at him. Saying, and as much as like he, he he he's at risk of becoming one of those sort of Stephen Colker, Ben Davis sort of remember when sort of players. He's a player of of decent pedigree. You know, play for Brazil. He's played for Juventus. Played for Barcelona. You know, he's no, he's no idiot. He's no sort of you know, 
a nothing player, but he's just sort of in keeping with Liverpool season. When when, when everything has sort of been falling apart, he's been falling apart with it as well, rather than the man, rather than being the man who steps up and says, you know what, listen, I'm here. I'll I'll sort of I'll bridge a gap here for a couple of months. That was the sort of. I think the rather optimistic hope that Liverpool made when they signed him, and it hasn't worked out that way. Right then, there you have it. Three clips from three absolute fire pieces of content in your ears. If you want to check out redmenplus.com, go and do it right away, and yet you can get those shows that we've just clipped, plus many, many more, including the whole back catalogue of features, documentaries, interviews. Check out my Liverpool debut in particular, a fascinating docu-series that is happening right now. Basically, yeah, talking to Liverpool players about the times they made their debuts, but not just the games, what was the club like at the time, what was the city like at the time. Yeah, it really is a fascinating series we're nearly at the end of it but you can go back and watch and or listen to them all I'm sure you'll enjoy it right then yeah go and check that out that is redmenplus.com go and sign up get those shows in video and podcast form and yeah I'll see you all next week for another edition of Redmen Weekly <laughs>